Turn your Bible, if you would please, to the book of Luke, chapter number 15. Luke, chapter number 15. I'm so glad that you're here. I'd like to thank all the folks who participated in cooking the breakfast and staying all night and working so hard. It was a great, great breakfast, and I enjoyed it immensely. And I'd like to thank all of them that uh, were involved in that. And uh, I'm sure they suffered all night long cooking steak and eating and having a good time and fellowshipping. I imagine they're all out back to sleep, don't you? Huh? All right. Well, me and Brother Pickett's been doing this a long time. How many of you hear that time when Brian Free sang King Jesus right before I got ready to preach? Anybody remember that? Brother Pickett didn't learn much, did he? <laughs> All right. All right. Let me read you a story I think everyone here today can identify with. At one time or another, probably all of us have got off on an urge or a whim that probably if we'd have followed that urge or whim, we'd have ended up in a lot different place. So I want to talk to you today out of the book of Luke chapter 15. This is Roundup Day, coming home for some folk day. I'd like to preach to you on this thought, there just ain't no place like home. Now we might think there is when we're home under the rules and regulations and government of our parents. How many of you might have had an idea that you had the dumbest parents in the world when you were about 16? I mean, I didn't, I, my poor mom and dad, I, I, I didn't know how they made it before I come along. They were so stupid. You know, I, I, I'm probably to them must look like a savior because uh, they, they just were out of it. Seems like from 18 to 21 to 25 to 76, they got awful smart somewhere along the way. The Bible says in verse 11 of chapter 15 of the book of Luke, the Bible said, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now watch as we read this. The father never tries to talk the son out of doing something stupid. Isn't that amazing? Our heavenly father gave us a free will. And if you want to do something stupid, he will not interfere with it. So don't blame him for not stopping you for doing something stupid. Well, preacher, I would never or would never do anything stupid. Wish I'd have been that fortunate. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. 
and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and was yet a great way off, a far way off. He, his father saw him and had compassion on him, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, because he smells like pigs. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this day my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he's found, and they began to be merry. What a story. It is almost as if God knew every one of us, one time or another, would want to sow our wild oats. Preacher, I never sowed any wild oats. Probably wasn't because you didn't want to. We've all have come probably to a time in our life that this young man came to in his life. Physically, domestically, and spiritually. There's probably not a child of God in this place that has not come to the place in their life, I'm tired of my heavenly father's rules. The Bible is not much fun. And the flesh begins to announce, and the world begins to advertise, and the devil begins to show us how much fun it is outside of our father's house. Isn't that the truth? And we've all fallen for that trick. The story is of a son that strayed. He left home. I'll tell you, if my mother was living today and something happened to my wife, I'd move back home. I was not one of them looking for an apartment and a way out. I'd still be my mama's boy if she is alive and my wife is dead. So since my wife's not dead, I'll just be my wife's boy. 
I'll let her make my tea and wash my socks and treat me like a teenage kid the rest of my life. That'll be all right. But now here we have a son who's tired of home. He's tired of rules. He's tired of don'ts. He's tired of do's. He's tired of just doing what needs to be done. And the boy says to his father, give me what I deserve. Well, if he got what he deserved, he'll knock his teeth out. But you see, under the Oriental rules and under Euro, uh, uh, Oriental customs, if a man had two sons, the older son got two-thirds of the inheritance and the younger son got one-third of the inheritance, probably because the older son was more intelligently equipped to take care of it. And so this young boy knew that the inheritance was his. It just, he started thinking one day, my dad don't look like he's ever going to die. Now, I know I'm going to get one-third of everything he's got, but I'll tell you, he's still getting around pretty good, and I'm not too sure I want to wait that long. So he goes to his dad. He says, Dad, I, I, I'm going to, I, I want to move out. The oriental custom was that when a young man got married, the man and the wife did not move out. Dad just built another house on the place. And they all stayed together, a family affair, if you please. Uh, we tried that over at our place. I don't think it's working too good. But, but that's all right, you know, but. And the young man just got impatient and could not wait. And so he fled his father for the far country. And I want you today not just to listen to the story, but would you try, if, I, if you would please, just go back in your life and maybe put yourself in the story. Maybe not with your earthly family, but with your spiritual family. You know, tonight when we're having service and you're somewhere in the far country, you know, when we having service here, you'd rather be somewhere else. After all, the Bible don't say anything about three services a week. No, it just says when the church meets, you ought to be here. That's all it says. And so I want you to just put yourself, if you would please, in the story because it will have the same outcome regardless of whether it's a physical story, a spiritual story, or an emotional story. When you hit the, sleep, when you hit the road going down, it's always easier to go down than it is to come back up. Watch this now, if you would, please. I read something one day. I think it's in a song. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. 
And sin will cost you more than you want to pay. But see, at a young age, we don't realize that. The Bible said when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Wouldn't it be nice if that verse just stopped there? And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Sin and Satan don't play. This young man is fixing to get an education that Harvard don't give. Now, this young man is about to find out that living day by day is the real thing. Notice, if you would please, something in the background of this young man. I'd like to talk to you, first of all, about, if you would please, the rampage of a whim, a whim, just a passing thought, uh, just an idea, or maybe an urge. And then you talk about an urge or a whim. The old boy looked at his dad and said, Dad, you know, I was just thinking the other day, I think I'd like to move out, and I'd like to do my own thing. And Daddy would say, well, son, have you thought about this? No, not really. I just, uh, the urge hit me the other day. And, uh, Dad, I just, uh, I just think I need to move out, to get out from under the rules, to get out from under the nose, to get out from under the standards. Dad, I just think I just need to grow up. He was right there. He did need to grow up. And he had this urge. Could I talk to you for just about a minute and maybe suggest to you that this urge was caused not from inside, but by allurements. Have you noticed how the devil advertises on television? Have you ever noticed when the devil begins to advertise to our children on television? Did you ever notice how Minnie Mouse used to dress? Well, what's that got to do with it? Ain't long till your kids are dressing like Minnie. Isn't it amazing how early our kids want to wear makeup and fingernail polish? Just allurements. You know, it don't don't hurt anything. My soul, make these kids grow up too fast. Don't let them realize they can have fun. Make them get real serious and they got to look right and be right and be popular be on the go and don't let them play and have fun. These kids don't need to have fun. He needs a job. Look at him. How else is he going to buy that stuff he puts on his hair without a job? (laughs) He's my buddy. 
But this young man was allured into this. It just did not happen, and it does not happen to our kids, and it just does not happen to us, we who are born again. The devil begins to lure us with the advertisement of this world. And this young man had been allured into this thing, if you please, and they're trying to do it. Satan advertises, sin energizes, and flesh agonizes. Feed me, feed me. I won't, I won't, I won't. Hey, you better learn to say no to the flesh. You better learn to say no to sin. You better learn to tell the devil to go back to hell where he came from. And you need to recognize that these are the allurements that pull this young man in the wrong direction. By the way, you're being pulled. You're being advertised too. When do they put the Super Bowl during church? When does Dallas play? Right before you're supposed to come to church. <laughs> the allurements. Notice the cause was uh, it caused by allurements. It was encouraged by insistence. Notice what he said. It says this, give me, give me. And the Bible says that the man thinketh in his heart so is he. If you think on the wrong things, it won't be long until those things will be insistent to you. Daddy, give me mine. It's, it's mine. Now, I want it now. And it's sported by premeditation. After he got it, notice verse 13. The Bibles. look at this, what it says in verse number 13. And not many days, not many days after the younger had gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country. He premeditated this. He was enticed to do this. And now he has all the intentions of following through. And off he goes. He disobeys daddy. And he answers the whim. And in a rampage, in a, in a rage, he takes off without any support at all. Just him, notice, and his money. Just him and his money. Watch this. The road of the wayward. Verse 13. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 13. The Bible says, and Not many days after the younger gathered all together, he took his journey. Where? Into the far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Could I be the first to raise my hand and say I've been guilty? Hmm? Could I raise my hand and say I have been guilty? Disobeyed the Father. In direct disobedience to Father. By the way, didn't Jesus talk about two roads when he was on earth? Didn't he talk about two ways, two gates, two roads? Didn't he say one was broad and one was narrow? Didn't he say one was slick? Oh, let me tell you something, folks. You get on that road, you get on that wrong road, and it is easy to enter, is it not? Isn't it easy to enter? Oh, the kids down at school may encourage our kids. 
They know Daddy don't want it done, but isn't it easy to go along with the crowd? Isn't it easy for our kids to go along with the peer pressure? What about us? What about us? What about we who now are living in the far country? We who now are taking orders from the fella in the far country. We who now are dancing to a different tune instead of Jesus. And we're off in a far country. And before we knew it, we got on the slick road to backsliding and we're gone. And now we just do what we want to do and not what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. Is that a possibility? Could somebody say amen? Uh, are we now dancing to our own fiddle and doing our own deal? Notice if you would, the road is easy to enter, but difficult to desert. In the hog pen now. In the hog pen now. Broke now. Easy to enter. Oh, just one cigarette. Just maybe two. Tastes terrible. But after all the gangs watching, three cigarettes, four cigarettes, five cigarettes. I tell you, I was bound determined to give myself cancer. It made me sick for a week learning how to smoke. I tried cools, not so cool, wheelbarrow, camels. I did everything in the world. And when I smoked, it just made me so sick. I wore out a honeysuckle patch trying to give myself lung cancer. Now, I know you first one you grow, first one you smoked, oh, it just was so good. You lying sucker, you. Well, preacher, preacher, I, 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 I just, it's hard to quit. Hey, it was hard to start. You stop the same way you started. It's just the road in is a lot easier than the road out. Huh? One line of cocaine. Easy. Two lines. Easy. Quit. Hard. One trip to the back seat. Easy. Pregnant. Strap the rest of your life. A mother. A daddy who don't care. It's easy to get in. It's difficult to get out. Well, I'm going to get married. You need a psychiatry test before you do. Well, I found the one. Which one? The only one that would help me. It's easy to get in. All you got to do is say, I'll try. It's hard to get out. You say, all you got to do is get a divorce. That's legal. What about emotional? What about kids? What about scars on kids' hearts? It's easy to get in. The hog pen. But it's difficult to get out. 
we have reformers unanimous trying to get folks out of where they've got in. Come on, can you say amen? I could spend my waking hours in my office trying to help folk to get out of what they have gotten in. Because of a whim, because of an urge, because of a sudden flash passing uh, of one to, they dive in, head over heels in the sin, and they find out that that's not where they want to be. This young man has followed his whim, and now his whim has put him on the road that is difficult to get out of. And his future is bound to failure. Notice the road. Notice the rampage. I bring to you the remorse in verse 14. The remorse in verse 14. The Bible says, And when he had spent all... There arose a mighty famine in that land. Even if he had had money, he couldn't have bought because there was nothing to buy. A great famine. I know a lot of Christians still living in the land of famine. Spiritually, your heaven is dried up. Spiritually, there's no tear. Spiritually, The compassion is gone. The excitement of Jesus is gone. The excitement of serving the Lord is gone. The excitement of coming to church and singing in the choir is gone. Uh, You've tried to find what you're looking for at the wrong place. And I want to tell you something. It's always better eating high on the hog as eating with the hog. You'll get that after a while. Can anybody say amen? So many Christians are jumping from hog pen to hog pen, trying to find some kind of peace and satisfaction. All you've got is just another hog pen. Notice, if you would please, in verse 14, the Bible said, He's out of funds and without counsel. Verse 14. His money's gone. Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. He's out of funds and without counsel. And by the way, He's out of his mind because a few verses down and when he came to himself, something happens to teenagers. I don't know what it is, but somewhere along the line, this young man lost it. He became number one in his life. Daddy didn't matter. Mama didn't matter. Brother didn't matter. Farm didn't matter. Nothing mattered except him. Is that right? 
And he said, I want what is mine. I deserve it. It's mine. Old man, you ain't going to die. Give it to me now. Somewhere along the line, most of us has lost at least once all sanity. I've been talking to some of your wives, and they've even given me a date. When you lost yours, come on. If you've been living very long, you know the old man knows what he's talking about. And a whim, a sudden urge. I'm 50, and I haven't lived yet. I'm 40 and been married all my life. Gesundheit. Oh, you're supposed to that when you sneeze, not hiccup, right? An urge. Just a whim. And in a rampage, off we go. Get on that road away from the Father. Hmm? Only to find ourselves in a state of remorse, out of funds, and with no counsel. The wrong time to make life-changing decisions is when you're in a hog pen. Wrong time to make life-changing decisions is when you are in the valley of emotional remorse. That's when you need Christian counseling, a Christian friend who will keep one foot out of your situation and put one foot in your situation and feel what you're feeling. That's empathy, not pity. But if I can put one foot in your situation and feel what you're feeling and keep one foot out of the situation and tell you what God is saying, then I can help you. That's reading the Bible said, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. And here we have a young man who has deserted daddy, deserted home, and done his thing, and now he's in the hog pen of remorse without any funds and without any counsel, without food and without comfort, verse 15, and without friends and without fellowship in verse number 16. He is what I call P-O-T-D. He's at the point of total desperation. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? At the point of total desperation. Until you get there, you don't need God. Until you get there, you will not come to God. The only thing you'll do is just trade hog pens for a while. Well, this husband beat me. 
I'm leaving him and going to the bar and find me another one. The one that will only beat me with one hand instead of two. I'm going down to church and get one who's been married 45 times. At least he knows how to get in and out of one. But until you and I have come to a POTD, totally, absolutely, at a total point of, de of desperation, we will not turn to the Father. Our pride will keep us in our hog pen. Well, Daddy, he won't receive me back. They'll probably say, get out, do your own thing. You see, when he left, he was zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. When he come home, he had a different gait. You know why? Because something had happened in here. He came to a point of total desperation. No friends, no fellowship, no food, no comfort. Oh, what a mess. How many Christians just trade hog pens and forget to come to the Father? I close. You said good. The rampage of a whim. Yeah. Just think about the road of the wayward, how easy it is to get on, how difficult it is to get off. The remorse of the wonder, notice the return of the woeful. Verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, and I close, and when he came to himself. Would you think with me just a minute? What does that mean? When he came to himself. What does that mean when he came to himself? That evidently said when he left home, he wasn't thinking right. Uh, when he confronted his daddy, that really wasn't him doing that. It was a whim. It was a urge. It was a desire. It was the advertisement. It was the flesh. It was the devil. It was sin. Pulling his chain. Come on. Come on. That wasn't him. Uh, that's what happens to all of us, by the way. But when he came to himself, he returned to his father. When he came to himself, notice verse 18. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm not worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Now, just a few verses ago, he wasn't ashamed to be called his son. Just a few verses ago, he was proud and arrogant and demanding. 
just a few verses ago, he he was on top of everything. He, his reach for money, his desire to be free. What's happened? What's happened? Well, somewhere between when he left and when he come back, there was a hog pen. And have you ever spent a night in a hog pen? Hey, what are you doing down there in that slop and that mud? Don't your daddy own a great, huge ranch? What in God's name you doing with all that mud on you? You kind of stink, to tell you the truth. You kind of smell like hogs. Could you grunt for me? If you're going to live with the hogs, you ought to learn how to grunt with the hogs. You been grunting lately? How do you smell? See, the hog pen always rubs off. It always rubs off. And he looks up at me and he said, you know, I don't know what I'm doing down here. I guess, I guess I'm just kind of crazy. Now, you can bet when he left the house, he wasn't looking for a hog pen. Would you say that? Would you say somebody lied to that kid? Because if he had known about the hog pen, he'd have never left the house. Because there's just no place like home. Now he's going home, and he's wondering, is his daddy going to kick him out? He's probably slumped over and walking down the road and starts saying, I've wandered far away from God. Now, I'm coming home. Paths of sin, too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. There just ain't no place like home. To the child of God, this is home. To the born-again child of God, who's washed in the blood, filled with the Spirit, there just ain't no place. But you'll not come back until you're tired of the hogs. And when you get tired of the hogs, your Heavenly Father will greet you and meet you.
notice the rejoicing of the return. And the boy walks up and said, Dad, and the dad falls on his shoulder and kisses him. Aren't you glad to read? And dad said, Boy, son, you stink. Go get the best robe we got. This guy needs a change of clothes. Got the hog pen off of him. Amen. And so, by the way, just to show you you're still mine, go get that ring. In signal that signifies you're a member of the family. And oh, by the way, go kill that fatted pig. No, fatted calf. Kid had lost his appetite for pork. <laughs> He's now eating steak and eggs, not ham and eggs. Amen. No more pig business for this kid. He said, no, sir, I've wandered far away from home, but now I'm coming home, and the hogs can have the hog pen. Let's make Mary, my son that was lost, is found. And all of God's people said, be careful with your wins. Be careful with the certain urges. You better listen to your Heavenly Father because he ain't out of hog pen.